Hey loves, this is Kate, the founder and creative director of Loam, and I hope that you all are tending to your hearts and your homes during these troubled times. If you have the privilege to stay home right now, please do so. It is so essential to flattening the curve and so important given that there are many folks, janitors, social workers, cashiers, nurses, doctors, who do not have the option to self-quarantine. For those of you on the front lines of this fight, I want to thank you wholeheartedly for showing up in service right now and ask that you please let us know what we can do to support you. For those of you who have lost your jobs, I feel you and your pain know that Loam is a welcoming community for your creativity. Um, and for those of you who are wrestling with anxiety and scarcity and fear, take care to honor your process. We are living in uncertain times and it's okay to not really know what's needed to meet this moment. In this episode, the first of several that will explore the COVID-19 crisis, I'm talking to Chelsea Call about how to navigate self-quarantine when you're single. Humans are wired to connect, to interact, to touch, and it can be really scary and overwhelming to be in isolation day in and day out, even though we know that it's important right now for the common good. Chelsea is an art therapist as well as the artist and residency coordinator for Loam Home, and she is a truly cherished part of our Loam community. Chelsea, thank you for being here. Thank you, Kate. So before we begin, I'm wondering if you can offer a breathwork practice to help us and our listeners ground into this moment. Yes, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So if you're able to, I'm going to invite you to become stationary. If you're listening to this on the go, please just modify and adjust accordingly. Otherwise, if you are able to be stationary, allowing yourself to be comfortable, and even if you are in transit, just bringing a little presence to the awareness that you have a physical body, knowing that this physical body is supported by a multiplicity of systems and one of them being the breath this support that we always have access to and we can cultivate greater awareness towards to then help regulate our nervous systems. So bringing your attention to your nostrils, noting that you have two nostrils, left nostril, right nostril, right nostril, left nostril, and that through these gateways, breath enters the body, comes down through the passage of the throat, down into the wings of your lungs. You can imagine it filling from the lungs down into your belly, your navel center, down into the basin of your pelvic floor. And then from this place of fullness, the breath then exits the body without any strain this beautiful tool and gift this is one of the cherished qualities of life an air the breath it's also a shared force a shared life force so bringing your attention back to your nostrils breathing in a little deeper in your throat, down into your lungs, down into your navel, 
low belly, and then exhaling back up to the navel, lungs, throat, out the nostrils. I'm focusing here on a longer inhalation to bring more breath into your nervous system, your immune system. Deep inhale. And then exhale. And again, inhale. Maybe you can bring a little more air in at the last moment, filling deep down into your belly. And then exhale, sharing that breath back out into the space you're within. And then silently counting in for a five count. Breath in, one, two, three, four, five. Hold for a moment. And then exhale out your nose, one, two, three, four, five. And then continuing this in your mind's eye, just counting to five on the inhale. Pause holding, counting out five, exhale. And again, breathing in, maybe take it to six or stay with five if that felt comfortable. You can always bring it to four as well if that's better for you. Hold, and then exhale, that same count out. We're going to do two more rounds on our own here. And then returning to a normal breath here, releasing the count, coming back to the awareness that you have a body that is full of breath. All bodies have breath, need breath, are supported by breath. And this is a tool accessible to you Whenever you need it, if you feel anxiety, fear, sadness, loneliness, the breath is there to support you and hold you. Thanks for the invitation, Kate. Thank you so much for that offering, Chelsea. It feels like the invitation to get back into our bodies and our breath is so needed right now. And I'm just really grateful to you for, for creating that moment of, of reconnection. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk about today with you is how to navigate these uncertain times as a single person. Um, and I want to name that Although I think this is a really important topic and I think a lot of people right now are wrestling with feelings of loneliness and isolation, um, it's one that I, I've experienced a lot of shame about. Mm. And part of that is because I think right now is about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. And it's about showing up in service to our community and recognizing that um, 
There are a lot of people, the immunocompromised, the elderly, BIPOC, who are disproportionately impacted by inequities in our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And so it is so crucial to stay at home if we have the financial privilege to do so, because there are many people who can't. And there are many people who, if they do get sick, are going to be really at risk in the context of our current um, healthcare system. Mm. And because I'm someone who has the privilege right now to stay at home um, and can do my work remotely, um, feeling lonely and anxious about being lonely makes me feel embarrassed because I know that I have it so good, right? I am so lucky that right now I can Mm -hmm. self-quarantine. And there's a lot to ground in gratitude But I also recognize for myself that shame inhibits impactful action. And so I think our conversation is a good opportunity to kind of speak to that shame Mm -hmm. and share resources for how, as single folks navigating this time, we can reaffirm our strength and find ways to get out of our heads and back into relationship with the earth and with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with everything you just shared and feel that you spoke so eloquently to it. So thank you for your, your words and your honesty and your vulnerability in that, because it takes courage to be vulnerable and to name the shame that can come up or feelings of guilt or even loneliness. I feel that we exist within a culture that is highly codependent and through the media often shares these ideas and notions that our sense of happiness comes from being in relationship with one another um, in a romantic way. And while I believe that that is one of the ways we connect as humans and feel love and intimacy. That's just one of many. There's many, many, many different ways. And I've been speaking to a lot of friends. You are not alone in this feeling. And I hope that people listening to this know that as well. You are not alone. While you might feel alone, there are many other people in isolation of all sorts, but specifically in isolation slash self-quarantine without a partner. And At this moment in time, we as humans exist and live within single households more than humans ever have in the history of time. And I find that really interesting that this circumstance and global climate that we're living within has that construct. And I know some of that is chosen and other circumstances are unchosen. And so then comes in this quality of control and like yearning for connection and I found a couple ways to find connection and I'm personally in self-quarantine because I recently came back from being abroad in Australia about 24 48 hours ago and so I am abiding by the social regulation regulations of being alone and while I have connection like phone calls like this or recordings and videos and whatnot it's different than physical intimacy specifically touch and so 
I'm really grateful for my dog. Um, I think it would be really difficult for me to do this without her, but it's also different. Um, there are moments of like longing for a good cuddle and I find myself at moments like counting down the days to when that might happen again. And then I remember that everything could shift within that construct of time that I currently exist within. And so speaking to something you shared earlier, finding connection in different ways and my spiritual belief systems and connection have been really helpful. And I think this is an invitation to everyone in whatever way you connect to spirituality. If you do connect to that as a concept, really like come into that and I believe the circumstance also illuminates collective consciousness, collective connection. So for example, when I go outside and look at this beautiful tree that I'm looking at right now through my window, this is a living, breathing being as well. While it's not human, it's other than human, there is a sense of kinship and connection and I can find some solace when feelings of loneliness arise. I wonder if you've tried that at all, Kate. I know you walk a lot and spend time outside, and I wonder if that's helped you. It has. I mean, being in nature has been an incredible bomb. And also leaning into that sense of longing, Mm. I think, has been really an important part of this process. Because like you, you know, I have... I have incredible connections and community in my life, right? I have friends that I can FaceTime with throughout the day, you know, and mm-hmm. and family who I love and who loves me. And, you know, I have spent a lot of time <laughs> on the phone mm-hmm. and on FaceTime just talking to my friends and connecting with friends. And, um, you know, that's been beautiful. But again, it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a way that I find myself now yearning for, the possibility of sharing burden and sharing joy that a romantic partnership can bring. Mm -hmm. And when I feel that yearning, I've just been really trying to lean into it and be like, Mm -hmm. man, this is a really human want. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, this is affirmation of, of my humanity, which in its own way feels energizing at a time when being on screen so much can feel dehumanizing, yeah. right? I'm, I'm craving the tactile. I'm craving touch. I'm craving, you know, physical um, connection and, and gathering together. Mm-hmm. Those are so elemental to our identity, isn't And I've been really shaped actually by um, a friend of mine, Justine, who's writing a beautiful piece for the next mm-hmm. issue of Loam um, about longing and about loneliness and how, mm-hmm longing isn't something to be feared. It's something we can sit with and explore. And mm. so I've really been trying to lean into my longing mm. um, and see it as, as affirmation of my humanity. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And that reminds me of, again, this concept of vulnerability because it can be so raw to name that you need longing or feel a sense of, uh, loneliness in that and they also as you shared that was reminded of a really beautiful book called Belonging by Toko Pa she's a really gifted writer and dream work specialist so if anyone's listening if you like to read and maybe perhaps have a little extra time in your life to read right now I highly recommend that book as a resource to really connect into a sense of longing. And as you were speaking, I was also reminded of this um, fun 
idea that was offered to me by a mentor once about dating myself and like being my inner partner as a single person. And I know it can sound cheesy, especially when we go into those moments of really desiring romantic connection, but it can also be really helpful. And I think it can help create healthy boundaries around what we want in romantic partnership. I, for myself in this time in general, have found the spaciousness of self-quarantine to be a really opportune moment for setting intentions, like deeply checking in with myself, my heart space, and identifying what I want to manifest in the world. And with openness around how that might evolve or show up. And I think that can happen in these moments of deep longing, like really longing for my own soul and heart space and checking in with that. And then asking myself questions. I always like to get really curious and I'll even talk to myself in the world of psychotherapy. We call this inner child work where you like recognize your little child self and then your adult self can have conversations. So If loneliness comes up, I ask myself, like, hey, what do I need? And imagine you're talking to your child self. And if that's too abstract, just imagine you're talking to, like, a little kid that you love or any little kid. It's very rare that we speak to children, um, especially stranger children, with, like, harsh, critical tones. And so I feel like this example and metaphor can be a way to invite softness into the feelings of longing that come in and the feelings of isolation that might come up and the feelings of shame or guilt. Absolutely. And hearing you say that made me think too, you know, compassion is especially so important right now mm-hmm. because part of it is just that these are really fraught times and compassion helps us make our way from anxiety towards action. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because I think, you know, especially when you're single, it's easy to take your singleness as a referendum on who you are Mm -hmm. in part because we live in a culture um, that so highly prizes romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's been really healing for me to remember, you know, I've been in romantic relationships before and I'll be in romantic relationships again. And it's hard in this moment to not have that comfort. Um, But it's not, it's not a referendum Mm -hmm. on who I am. Mm -hmm. And compassion helps me remember Mm -hmm. that who I am isn't related to my romantic status right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been the same person Um, when I'm in romantic relationship and when I'm single Mm -hmm. Um, and I know my worth and my value and, and I think, yeah, it's nice to, it's been important for me to remember that because it's easy to get in my head. Um, Mm. And then I continue to stay in my head when I'm in those feelings Mm. and, and don't do what's needed to meet this moment, which is to help others and love on others and reach out to others right now, especially those on the front lines of the fight So I think it's, as a single person, there's a resistance sometimes to going to that dark place of acknowledgement or recognition or contemplation, because, you know, as you've been sharing, it can be vulnerable and scary and and hard to be like, man, I'm feeling this way right now and I do not want to be feeling it. But I have found that giving myself permission to go to that darkness and to really be curious about what's coming up Mm -hmm. has helped me just get out of my mind 
-hmm. and back into service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And really appreciate you bringing the word compassion to the conversation because that's been coming up over and over again. And it's just of utmost importance. And I do have a real trust that this is an opportunity for everyone to cultivate deeper compassion for themselves. And then if you can practice that with yourself, then it can be practiced in your intimate relationships, your communities, like local and global. And it's fun to imagine the world in a state of greater compassion collectively. And I think that's what we really need. And I also want to acknowledge that that can look different all the time for each of us. Like everyone can be compassionate with themselves in different ways. But I like that you speak to that inner dialogue because it can be really difficult. And when we feed the voices without compassion, that's when we can dive a little deeper. And then we're not present for ourselves or relations. This call to action, really, that you speak to. Totally. So before we wrap up, I'm wondering if maybe we can each share um, about some rituals or remedies or resources that are helping us navigate these times. If there's something in particular you've been doing that has felt really nourishing or juicy right now, uh, what might that be? Yeah. Oh, man. I... I'm a morning person, so I'm big on morning rituals, and I have been really intentional about not looking at my cell phone first thing in the morning, or if I look at it, it's for acknowledgement of the time, but I don't check Instagram right away. I give myself a couple hours, and that's incorporated into the ritual, and then I do coconut oil pulling, which if you're not familiar with it, anyone can Google it. It's a way to help release toxins. And it's also an invitation for me to be quiet verbally for the first 20 minutes. That's how long I do it in the morning. And then I've been meditating and then I walk my dog and breathe and yoga has been really helpful and continued boundaries with the virtual devices. Um, And putting my hand on my heart's really helped, like putting my palm on my heart space and breathing into it. That's been really helpful for me. What about for you? Like you, I think having a morning routine is really helpful. I'm totally a creature of the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also found that giving myself permission to do things that feel really luscious and sensual has been important. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been, you know, putting on my favorite robe in the morning and making Mm -hmm. myself a really nourishing elixir. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so easy right now and and understandable given the widespread financial crisis for most of us to be subsisting primarily on beans and grains. Um, But I've been trying to infuse that with, you know, every other day or so something really delicious and special, even if it's small, Mm. but something that's just pleasurable to eat. Um, And I find that like plating my food in a way that's beautiful has been extra important Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, taking moments to notice color Mm -hmm. um, and texture and taste and really just reveling in my senses um, has just helped my heart feel a little fuller during these times when it's so easy 
to get stuck in your head and mm-hmm. yeah yeah I love those ideas that you shared or those practices as ideas for myself yeah I mean it's it's so much about the little things <laughs> right now yeah um, and really just tending to the texture of your everyday yeah absolutely I've also been setting up dates um, with my friends, virtual dates, like coffee dates. I have a dinner date with my nuclear family tonight, and that's been really helpful. I know. I've loved having little FaceTime tea dates with friends. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and it's hard because, you know, right now every conversation is about mm. what's going on, and sometimes yeah. it can feel hard to escape that. Um yeah. And so there's there's something sweet about having these intentional moments where we can just sit together, even if it's through a screen, yeah, and yeah. and share in you know communion through a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, I want to thank you so much for connecting today. Um, you've been such a gift to the Loam community, and and your offerings around breath and art and presence have just been deeply deeply appreciated so thank you so much you're so welcome thank you kate and everyone else that's a part of this community i really cherish it and i want to thank isaac silk our editor for editing these podcasts isaac and faith harding for our beautiful intro music and to you all our lone listeners um please be extra good to yourselves and to each other during these tender times it's very okay to feel overwhelmed and anxious and unsure know that as a community loam is here to hold you and figure it out together definitely don't have the answers uh, but we're in it to explore and and to pay attention to what's what's emerging so i'm sending you all a whole lot of love and gratitude and hope that today you find time to be with your breath and be in your body 